0: So good to see you guys hanging out. Hey, I want to I wanna, I wanna let you all know, so we have a special guest here with us today, Anson Ng from the district, our district of the Metro, the, the Metro District of the Christian Missionary Alliance. He's down for Regal's Ordination. He is the Director of Leadership Development with our district. Anson, would you raise your hand? That's Anson. You'll hear from him later on. For those of you staying for Regos. Um, But anyway, open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 18. Grab your Bibles, open them up to Exodus chapter 18. We are going to continue our series through the book of Exodus. I want to start us off with a series of questions. And just raise your hand if this is true of you guys, okay? How many people here have trouble having peace in their souls when their house is a little out of order? Okay. Okay. Out of order, laundry's piling up, dishes, things are on the floor, that, in that way. We'll get to the other ways. Let's we'll get, get to the, the other ways. ways.
1: How, How many, many people, people have trouble
0: being at peace when, peace when your routine gets, gets thrown off? off? Anybody, Anybody have to with that one, Rob? A bit. Okay. okay. A, little a little bit. bit. A, little a little bit. bit. How, about, How about, this, this is slightly, slightly different. different. It, it overlaps with routine, routine, but it's slightly different. How about not having a schedule or a plan for something? Like, like, you're the type of person, like, even on a day off, you need to know, like, you need to have a to-do list kind of thing. Anybody like that? I'm like that. I'm like that. that. That's where I kind of fall into. Yeah. How about landscaping outside the home being out of order? Leaves piling up. And Bob, Judy saying Jack, but he's not raising his hands. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I don't care about the inside of the house. It's outside that I care about. How about this one? Wind's picking up. How about this one? A relationship conflict is unresolved. Anybody have trouble, like, sleeping when that's happening? When you, you just, you need to address it, you need to talk that through, you need to get that puppy wrapped up, tie it up with a bow, or you don't have peace? Yeah? Yeah, I can feel that one. How about your gas tank? You know, your, your check engine, or not, the, the, the gas light go, goes on and, you, you know, you need to get gas. Does anybody feel like, oh no, I, until I get gas, I feel a little anxious. Anybody struggle with that one? A few. I'm actually the opposite. When I see that thing go on, I don't get excited. And I want to see how many gas stations I can pass before I run out. There's something in me that just sees it as a challenge to overcome. Like the episode of Seinfeld, if you ever saw it. So God has put in our hearts, I believe... You know, you can say that we're all OCD in some ways, and I think there's some truth to that, but I believe that God has put in our human heart a desire to bring order when things are feeling chaotic. And we can go too far with that, we can make idols out of that, but I think that it's God-given, and I think it's something we need to embrace, and that's what we're going to be talking about today in this passage in the book of Exodus. What we're going to be in, we're going to be in Exodus 18, Starting in verse 15 to 26, and we're talking about taking authority over chaos. Taking authority over chaos. I got to be honest with you. This section that we're going to be in in the book of Exodus always felt a little boring to me. I'd get to this passage, I'd hear people preach on it, be like, eh. So when I was look, looking at this, coming up to preaching on this, we're, you know, we're going through the book of Exodus, I didn't really want to preach on it. Because it, it, it feels like, you ever see that Sesame Street game, um, you know, three of these things belong together, one of these strings don't belong. Remember, remember that game? That's how this passage felt. It didn't fit in the book of Exodus. There's no miracles. There's nothing supernatural. It just didn't feel right. So I was tempted to kind of like skip over it and just say, hey, do it in your weekly reading. But anytime I feel tempted to skip something, that's when I feel like I need to take a deeper dive into it. So I did that and I was studying it and something popped out at me that I feel like, oh, this is actually good for our church. This is something our church needs to be reminded of. And so we're going to get to what that is. I'll tell you what that is. But first, we're going to read through it together, and then I'll tell you where we're going, all right? So it's Exodus chapter 18, starting in verse 15. The, 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 the first section of Exodus 18 is going to be part of the reading plan this week. If you're following in the reading plan, uh, it'll be covered. But this is where we're going to be. Um, here's where we left off. Israelites, saved from Egypt by God, God's hand, he leads them through the Red Sea, the Red Sea comes down on the Egyptians, swallows them up, they're freed, God's leading them towards the promised land, but they keep coming to these moments of lack and hardship, you know, water is bitter, there's no food, then there's no water again, they're attacked by the Amalekites, and so they keep freaking out, right? And and, and that's that's where we're at. Um, Moses... His father-in-law comes out to meet him in the wilderness. He's got uh, Moses, his wife, and two sons with him. His name is Jethro. Jethro comes out, meets Moses in the wilderness, and, you know, brings the daughter, brings the grandsons, and says, hey, here's your family. I've, you know, been protecting them while you're all saving Israel kind of thing. And Moses tells Jethro about all the things God has done. God has done all these miracles, and Jethro's response is, wow, your God, God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, is the true God. He's bigger than all the other gods, and they worship God together, and that's where we're going to pick it up in 18. That's where we're at. Let me just pray that God does something in our hearts today through this passage. Actually, before I do, raise your hand if your life feels a little chaotic in some way right now. Okay. All right. Lord Jesus, I pray that your mercy would be poured out on us today so that we can hear from you. So that we can have a greater understanding of what it means to walk in the resurrection life you offer us. And how that resurrection life um, relates to the chaos that we experience on a regular basis. Whether it's just the, the, the things of our homes that break down. Whether it's relationships. Whether it's just in our souls where we are combating anxiety or despair or a lack of purpose, Jesus, would you speak to us today? Would you take your word that you have preserved for us and by your spirit illuminate it, make it pop, make it come alive for us? I pray this in your name, amen. So a little different today, I'm going to go through this section, this passage quickly Usually I kind of go through it slowly. I'm going to go through it quickly, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm excited about it. Okay? Here we go. Starting in verse 15. The next day, after Jethro and Moses worshiped God together, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? So Jethro watches Moses do his thing. Morning till evening. The Israelite community is now a couple million um, a little big. So for them to wait on Moses, who's ruling and judging and, and, and uh, giving counsel and speaking into these, these situations that the Israelites are dealing with, it, like he was getting worn out and, and Jethro's watching him and going, dude, that's a lot of work. Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will, whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. So Moses, they haven't been given the law yet. They haven't been given the Ten Commandments yet. The Mount Sinai is to come. We're going to get to that. So at this point, Moses represents God's will to a people who have been in slavery for 400 years. They don't know what God expects for them or wants for them. So they're looking to Moses. And Moses is speaking into situation after situation, dispute after dispute. He's getting worn out. So Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. So, Moses is about to get advice from his father in law. I don't know about you guys. Does anybody have trouble getting advice from your in laws? Some of you are like, My in laws are here. I'll tell you afterwards. Some of you might be fine with it. You might be fine with your mother in law telling you, you know, how to cook lasagna better, or your father in law saying you should use this tool instead of that one. But some people, some people get a little prideful. They get their defenses go out. It's like, what the heck? What does she think? She's the only one who cooks lasagna? My family's been cooking lasagna for years, right? That's Kind of how, Moses doesn't respond like that. Moses, even though he's the big dog in Israel, he has honor for his father-in-law. In In ancient times, they had more honor anyway for the elderly. But Moses also sees that uh, Jethro is the priest of Midian. So he's a kind of a big dog in his own right. So Moses is going to listen to him. Even though God's been doing miracles through Moses on a practical level, Moses doesn't really know what he's doing. There's some order needed for the chaos that Moses is experiencing. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. This is what Jethro says. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. So he's affirming Moses' role. You are the primary one that God has ordained to, to lead Israel. God's speaking to you. You need to make sure God's instructions are getting to the people. Absolutely. But, verse 21, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, Trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. So Moses, you've got to make sure that you're delegating some authority. You're delegating some decision making. You're delegating some uh, of your uh, instruction giving to more people in an orderly way. Verse 22, have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide for themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. So He's basically saying, Moses, you've got to come up with a little org chart here. You've got to get some people who are trustworthy, oversee thousands, hundreds, fifties, tens. And you've got to make sure that you're teaching them so that they can rule over these situations. And this way, you're going to last, not get burnt out. And this way, the people aren't waiting, you know, for miles to see you. They can get their justice. They can get their counsel in a more expedient manner. Bring order to this chaos is what Jethro tells Moses to do. And how does Moses respond? Moses listened. He had the humility to listen to his father in law, and he did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel, he made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided for themselves. So that's the passage that's God bringing and executing and implementing the teaching of, of his will to the people of Israel in a more orderly way than what was previously being done. Now, what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with you and I in 2021? Anytime I used to hear this passage preached on, it was always a lesson in, like, delegation. You know, hey, don't get, burn yourself out. If you're a leader, you're CEO, you know, de- delegate. Delegate some of your decision-making. Um, and there's a principle there that's absolutely true. You know, if you've read John Maxwell books, you've probably come across this passage. He uses it to talk about delegation. But just, I, I just felt like there was something more to it. That That's not the primary reason why it's in our Bibles. See, any time we've come across a passage in Exodus, the reason we're going through Exodus is because Exodus is a foreshadow. It's, it's, a, it's a microcosm in many ways of God's greater story that's unfolding, that we're a part of. Every piece of the book of Exodus points to something about who God is and, 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 and something that God is still at work doing. So we had to ask ourselves, I had to ask myself, if everything about the book of Exodus has been a microcosm of what God is still doing, what does this passage reveal about God? What does this practical, you know, delegate your authority, what does this reveal about God? And the more I studied it, the more I kind of read about it, the thing that jumped out at me was that this is an example Of how God is a God of order, and he is still ordering the chaos. See, this is just one example. If you look throughout scripture, it's a constant theme of God bringing order to chaos. It started way back in the book of Genesis. The earth was formless and void. It was chaos. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be land. And he separated the land from the sea. And he brought about plants and animals. And then he brought about the first human beings. And you know what he said to the first human beings? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. In other words, what God said to the first human beings was, Take authority over the chaos. I've created creation. Now I am. Y'all can keep paying attention. I know you can. Rule over the land that I've created. Rule over the animals. Rule over all creation. I'm giving you authority. So he delegated his authority to the first human beings. They could exercise that authority so long as they stayed submitted to him. And he said, listen, you can eat everything in his garden. There's just one tree that you can't eat from. And what did they do? Did they they stay submitted to his authority? No. They thought that by eating a piece of fruit, their eyes would be open. They could be like God and, in, in in a sense, have more authority than they already had. So they did it. And when they stepped outside of God's authority, you know what happened? They lost the authority they were once given everything started to unravel. Chaos entered creation. And God said, you, from now on, the work of your hands is going to be toilsome. You're going to try to build something, it's going to fall apart. Anybody experienced that recently? You plant a garden and squirrels come and eat it up. You start a business and then a pandemic hits. You lose your, your clients, right? God said chaos is going to enter even childbirth and child rearing. Anybody experience that? Yeah, childbirth doesn't normally happen in an orderly way. It's chaos in there. It's crazy. And then raising those kids, man, it's nuts. You're, you're trying to rule over them. You're trying to bring authority over your kids. And as soon as they can talk, they're saying, no, ain't going to do it. They become teenagers. And they're like, I'm like scared of you. I don't have to listen to you. And you're like, man, I'm supposed to have authority. I can't control my household. Anybody experienced that recently? And then God said, phew. The most sacred of all relationships, marriage, chaos is going to enter that as well. Y'all are going to have a hard time getting along. Now, I know true life doesn't experience that. But we are an exception. Out there, people struggle in their marriages. <laughs> in here, it's roses and peaches all day long. Now, y'all experience that. We're praying for marriages constantly. One marriage gets back on track, another marriage pops up in chaos. Because chaos has entered the entire creation due to sin, due to rebellion, due to humans stepping outside of, from under God's authority. But God didn't give up. God went to work reordering the chaos. God went to work. He chose a man named Abraham. Through him, he formed this nation of people, Israel. And now God is leading Israel into a promised land. He's going to be dividing up the land, giving them allotments according to their tribes, and they are meant to be a light to all the other nations of the world. And so in this moment in Exodus, God is preparing them to receive the law at Mount Sinai, which we're going to get to. When God gives the law, now it can be implemented and taught and and, 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 um, um, enforced in an orderly way. He's preparing them to receive the promised land in an orderly way. We're going to see throughout the rest of Exodus, God is a God of order. Now, people of Israel... They kept screwing up. They kept rebelling against God. They did what Adam and Eve kept doing. They were not faithful to him. And so chaos kept entering. Chaos kept entering. But God said, I'm not giving up on you. One day, one day things are going to change. And one day they did. God stepped into human flesh in the form of Jesus of Nazareth. And you know what he did? You know what he did when he entered the scene? He started to bring order to chaos. He told sickness and disease to leave bodies. Get out of there healed people. A few people he even raised from the dead because death is the ultimate form of chaos that overtakes us. He told people who were a little nuts, he said, demons, get off them. Back up off them. He freed people from demonic oppression. He was freeing people, liberating them, and bringing order to chaos. That's what God was doing through the life of Jesus. And then you know what Jesus did? He took chaos on in the ultimate sense. He took on death. He absorbed it in our place went in the ring with death, and it seemed like chaos had swallowed up Jesus, but then a few days later, Jesus burst out of the grave, showing that he was victorious over the ultimate form of chaos that you and I will face. His resurrection body was the first fruits of perfect order of all creation that will one day be fulfilled when he returns. His perfect resurrection body is the first fruits of the perfect restored order of creation that you and I, who've trusted in him, will experience in a perfect way one day when he returns. Amen. Amen. So the chaos you feel right now, oh, one day it's going to go away. One day it's going to be gone. What do we do in the meantime? In the meantime, we're to do what Moses and those leaders did We are to take authority ourselves. Jesus said to his followers in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. See if if you can catch what this reminds you of. After he rose from the dead, he came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So he's like, I've got authority over all things again. You guys trusted me. So now once again, you're under my authority, I'm delegating my authority to you, you go rule over creation by bringing the good news of my kingdom, telling people the good news that I have risen from the dead, death has been conquered, teaching them what my kingdom is like. Doesn't that echo back to what, 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 what Jethro told Moses to do with the leaders? Rule over the people. Bring order here. Doesn't it echo back to Adam and Eve being told to be fruitful and multiply and rule over the... They all screwed up. But now Jesus says to his followers, I'm putting my spirit in you. You've got the authority. Now you go bring the good news of my kingdom to a world overtaken by chaos. That's our call, y'all. That's our call to, to bring order to chaos. Now how do we do that? Man... The New Testament is all about that. So I, I can't, I, the list goes on and on and on. Can't get into everything. We can, we can talk, whole another series on that. So many different ways. And I, I, I can't, you know, for time's sake and trying to do a shorter service, I'm going to highlight three ways that I think is relevant to our church community right now. Things that I just feel like I think our people need to grab hold of today. So three things. Get ready to take notes if you're a note taker. Or take a snapshot of a screen or something. But three things. We can, we can talk all day about things. We can talk about the team going to Haiti, what they're going to be doing there. We, we, we can talk about some of our teams who go into the Chelsea Assisted Living Home and all, all kinds of things that our church is up to, that you guys are up to, the ways you serve. Some of you guys serve in Big Brothers and Big Sisters and other organizations out there. You help bring order to chaos. So I can talk all day. But I want to highlight three things right now in our remaining time together. 10 minutes or so. All right, you ready? Okay, one of, one of you guys is ready. That's all I need, one of you. Number one, some are called to bring order to chaos as leaders within the church. Some of you may be called soon to get off the sidelines and to help lead and take ownership of our church community, or maybe another church community. But some people, this isn't all of us, the other two will ref- Deal with all of us. But some people in any given season are called to step up in leadership roles. The Bible talks about the office of elders and deacons. It talks about the giftings of of pastors and teachers and and, and evangelists and all other gifts. And we're not going to break all those down today. Our church has elders. It has a board. It has a pastoral team. It has pastors. We've got life group leaders who are helping to bring order to chaos by bringing God's word to people in small groups. Holding them accountable, pointing them to the good news of Jesus. That's why Amanda Allen and Lizzie Tapper are starting a new group. They're going to be bringing order to chaos in a sense. Having a new group bring God's word, open it up together, and talk about how it relates to the crazy season of life for young women. Right? Yeah, that's all examples. Some of you are mentoring others in our church. Those are all important, important, important. Um, today, we are going to be celebrating Pastor Rigo's ordination, which is a great example of this. Another reason why I didn't want to avoid this passage. There's Pastor Rigo again. If you came late, there he is. We're going to be celebrating Pastor Rigo. Now, if you know Pastor Rigo, put aside the formal licensing ordination stuff for a moment. You know, if you know Pastor Rigo, you know he is a man fired up about God's word and fired up about teaching God's word to others. Is he not? Is he not? People come to me with some questions. I'm like, go ask Rigo about that one. He'll explain it in a better way. Concise. I'll try to use stupid analogies. It'll confuse you more. Paul said to Timothy, this is what we need in the church. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This echoes back to the passage in Exodus, doesn't it? Jethro telling Moses, hey, delegate this authority, delegate this teaching. Paul's telling Timothy, hey, and trust what you've gotten from me, give that to some reliable people who can then teach others. Right? This has to multiply the teaching of God's word. Instructions into what the kingdom of God is like has to get multiplied. And so, Pastor Rigo's ordination is an awesome confirmation of here is a guy who has been shown, tested, approved, and trustworthy in our church community to be a reliable teacher of God's word. Right? He got licensed a few years ago. He was appointed as one of our pastors shortly thereafter. He's been working hard, moving towards this ordination process. It is just confirmation that God has called him to be one of these reliable people who exercise the gracious gift of teaching God's word to our church. He teaches our systematic theology classes, our new believers classes, he, he, he preaches, he uh, leads our inner healing ministry, and again, uh, I send him people who have theological questions that, uh, uh, you know, make my head spin a little bit. Him and Mandy, his wife Mandy, also lead our longest lasting life group. Yeah, give it up for that. Out of that life group has come many leaders in our church. It's kind of just been like an incubation place. Greenhouse of sorts for, for folks to grow in. And then they come out starting other groups and stepping into other leadership roles. So without Pastor Rigo and leaders like him, I wouldn't have lasted eight years with this church. But it's been a lot. It's a lot. So thank God for Pastor Rigo helping to order the chaos. And y'all know there's been chaos in our church community at different times, and Pastor Rigo has helped bring order to it. He's been he's helped me sort through. I can't make sense of things. He's helped me sort through things, like many others of you have at different times. So that's one way. Some of us are going to be called into leadership. It doesn't have to be licensed and ordained ministry. It doesn't have to be that necessarily. It doesn't even have to be an official title at True Life. Some of you just might feel led to take ownership by teaching in our kids or mentoring somebody else. We need that. We need that. All right, that's number one. Number two... All of us, all of us, all of us are called to bring order to chaos in our everyday vocations, no matter how unspiritual they seem. I feel like our church needs to get this. We tend to separate the spiritual from the physical, the spiritual from the material, the, the spiritual from the secular, we call it. Right? We tend to do that. God didn't do that. You know what God said to Adam? You know what Adam's first task was? Naming animals. Naming animals. He didn't say start a Bible study. He didn't say write a worship song. Name the animals. That was the way that Adam reflected the image of God by naming animals, ordering chaos. He's like they all. You don't want to call them all the same thing. That's confusing. Name them something different. Be creative. You get to come up with that. So no matter what you do. Don't think that, oh, it's not that spiritual. I'm not, you know, a pastor. I'm not getting ordained, so this isn't for me. No, whatever you do. You're a street sweeper. You're a custodian. You're you a barista. You're a foreman for a construction company. You're a teacher. You're in waste management. Whatever you do. You're you a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. Your call is to bring order to Chaos. And to do it for the glory of God. Because when you do that, you are reflecting the image of God in you. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That means regular stuff. Like eating and drinking. Sweeping and doing the dishes. Do it to the glory of God. And do it with all your heart. Paul also said in Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So you might not like your job. Find another job. Well, you can't find another job. Then work at your current job with all your heart. Have a good attitude about it. And bring the presence of God to that area of our society. Bring the fragrance of Jesus to that area. I was talking to somebody this week who had an evaluation at their job. And their supervisor said to him, since you came on board, the atmosphere here has changed. That's what we're talking about. They, didn't, they may not know why, but they should sense something different here. Be a good worker. Be a good worker. If your charge is to manage your household, take care of things. Don't think it's not spiritual to do the chores and then sit around reading your Bible all day while things are piling up. That's separating the spiritual from the physical. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. You gaining a bunch of Bible knowledge while you are not working at your job for the Lord, that doesn't reflect his image. No, we're all called to bring order to chaos in that way. And can I just say, those of you, who are married to somebody who's a little OCD about something? Raise your hand if you're married to somebody who's a little OCD about something. Yeah, listen. Support them. That's God-given. Them wanting to bring order to chaos, that's God-given. Don't say, well, that's not spiritual. Those things don't matter. It matters because all of creation matters to God. He's going to restore it one day. It matters. Now, can they go too far? Get a little too anal? Maybe make idols out of those things? Sure, but let the Holy Spirit talk to them about that. You support them and say, you know what, I love that about you. I love that about you. My wife used to come home from a run in the morning and feel like things were a little out of whack. I'd be working at the table and the kids would just be like, I'd be like, hey, go get dressed while I'm working. And she's like, I just feel like it's chaos in the morning when I come home. I need to, I used to kind of criticize her for that. Ah, you shouldn't need that. And then I got it because I'm like that in other areas. You know, I need to have a schedule and a plan for things, so I'm like, you know what, I get it. So when she goes for a run, I try to, kids get ready, get breakfast, doing the dishes kind of thing. Like, it's a way to help support her, right? Support your spouse. If you think they're OCD, support them. God has called us to take authority over chaos. And even in the regular areas of life, we are to do that. Now, number three, last one, just a couple minutes here. All of us need to get this. All of us need to get this. All of us are called to take spiritual authority over sin, sickness, and Satan. So we take authority over the regular material, physical, our jobs, but there's also a spiritual realm. And the Bible talks about this. You see in the New Testament that we battle a spiritual realm. We talked about this actually a couple weeks ago. There's a spiritual realm. There's actually demons that we believe in. I know some of you are like, you guys believe in demons? Yes, we do. We believe there's a devil. We believe there's demonic realm. We believe there's dark angels that come against us, try to rile up old temptations, bring a heavy mood of despair and darkness over us, mess with our relationships, bring sickness. And the Bible says, and you can look all throughout the book of Acts for examples of this in Jesus' ministry, we are called, and we get to, because of Jesus' spirit, to take authority over that spiritual darkness. Not be passive about it, not play the victim about it. We get to take authority over that when it comes against us. I can share so many scriptures, but for the sake of time, I want to highlight just one as we close. Just one. Peter said to the churches in 1 Peter 5 Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So your enemy, the devil, he's prowling around. He's looking to get you, Okay? Put yourself, just hear this. He's looking to get you today. Trying to cause temptations to rile up. Trying to get you angry. Whispering lies about somebody in your life. Wanting you to be bitter. He's doing those things. He's trying to steal your faith in Jesus. Get your eyes off of your Savior. What are you supposed to do? Say, oh no? Cover your head? Call up your friend and say, the devil's attacking me. Help me. Is that what you're supposed to do? Does he even say to pray, God, help me? He doesn't even say that. Look what he says resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Resist him. Why? Because you've been given authority. You've been given authority to resist him. So when you start to feel those old temptations come up, don't play the victim. Go, no, 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 no. No, devil, I ain't listening to you this time. I see what you're up to this time. I ain't listening. When you feel that heavy mood come over, our kids are going to join us for the last worship song. Welcome, guys. Come on in. Have a seat. <laughs> when your household, anybody have a dark mood that settles over your household sometimes? It's like we just not getting along. We're annoyed at each other all the time. Sometimes that's a spiritual thing. And you get to take authority over that and go, no. No, I see what's going on here. You get to go, no. I'm taking authority over this. We're not buying into this. My household, 734 Old Burnt Tavern Road belongs to Jesus. He paid for this. One day, all of creation will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Until that day, so goes my house on Old Burnt Tavern Road. That's what we get to do. That's what we get to do. Take a spiritual authority when those things come up. And that's another way we bring order to chaos. Now, what we're going to do, and while the kids are here, they're going to join us for this uh, closing worship time. I'm going to ask a prayer team to come forward, a few of the members from the prayer team. Would you be available? Because what we're going to do is, some of you raised your hand earlier and said, yeah, I got some chaos in my life. Whether it's external or internal, struggling with some chaos. And our prayer team is available to help take spiritual authority over some of that chaos, to join you and Taking authority over that chaos today, asking God to start reordering things, even if it's just in your soul, where you can see clearly, where you have peace. So, prayer team, come on down front, band, come on down front.